Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 303 of Weekly Poker Hand, and today we have a game featuring players from the Philadelphia Flyers. I believe these are all ex-players. That's a hockey team for those who don't follow hockey. To be fair, I don't follow hockey much, so I don't know who any of these people are, but it's pretty cool that uh, Poker Night is making these celebrity home games where they just bring in uh, a bunch of people who are famous in various... Um, very niches, I guess. And so it's pretty neat. I, li I like what Poker Night's doing. If you want to check out all the other various uh, games they put together, like I was on one where uh, they had winners of Survivor, right? That kind of stuff is cool. And Poker Night in America is doing great work. Check out their YouTube channel. Um, you can just search on YouTube Poker Night in America. They have loads of content. It'll come right up. So here we have Favorito, Under the Gun, Pocket tens seems like a nice, easy hand to raise. They're playing 5-5, five, five, no limit. I do think it's also nice that they keep these games reasonably sized. They're not playing, like, gigantic stakes. The stakes that the players are playing for are, um, like, for fun, right? The goal is not to invite people who don't play poker so much onto your game and then have them lose $100,000, right? That's not what they're trying for. The goal here is to attract people to watch the show based on the personalities at the table as opposed to the size of the stakes because in... I'm not going to say anyone can put together a very high-stakes cash game, but it's actually kind of tough to put together a cash game of, um, you know, celebrities. So anyway, Favorito raises under the gun. Carcillo on the button with A6 offsuit calls. And um, look, I recognize these players do not play poker for a living or anything like that, but we're still going to critique them as if they are. And A6 offsuit here is a hand that you should either re-raise or fold, and you should basically always fold it. And the reason is because Favorito, from early position... This is only six minutes into the into the stream, so it, or into the uh, TV show, so it's not like they've been playing for forever. Favorito, we have to presume he's reasonable. He's probably not raising with a whole lot of garbage. So if he's not raising a whole lot of garbage, much of his range is going to dominate a six. So do you really want to be calling with a hand that is easily dominated? And the answer is just absolutely not. So you'd rather re-raise as a bluff, or you'd rather just fold. One of my biggest leaks as a young poker player is I would play any ace because hey, the ace is the best best hand in the deck. When you make top pair, it's usually good. But that's not true. <laughs> Whenever a lot of money goes in the pot, you're in bad shape. Folds around to Asham in the small blind of pocket nines, who likes to just call. And I like the just call. Some people think that they must three bet all of their hands that are decently strong. But I generally disagree with this, especially from out of position, when you are facing an early position raise. This is a spot where if Favorito's decent, he's raising with the decently strong pairs, like, um, I don't know, pocket sixes are better which right there, you're not, doing, you're not in great shape. And then a bunch of big cards, which are roughly flipping against you. And if you re-raise, the big cards are going to continue if they're suited, which most of them will be. And the better pairs are going to continue. And if he does have a smaller pair, he's set mining. So you don't really want to be building the pot here. You'd much prefer to just call, see if cheap flop, try to get a set or a decent pair, and then go from there. Schultz in the big blind correctly folds the jack to offsuit. So we see a three-way flop here. Flop comes, jack, eight, six. So, interesting scenario where we have Asham with an underpair, Favorito with an underpair, and Carcillo with bottom pair. So, I think it's fine to check the pocket nines. With the pocket tens, I think you can either bet or check. I think either play is fine. This is a spot where you don't mind protection. Your hand's probably good. If you bet and get raised, you can easily fold. So, I like the idea of betting if you get checked to. However, something different happens. The pocket nines elects to lead. And I'm not a big fan of leading ever. 
And I especially don't like this scenario because if you think about the initial under the gun raising range, it's going to contain a whole lot of hands with over cards, over pairs, or a jack. And those are just never folding and you're not in great shape against that. Also, if you think about a typical button calling range, it's going to contain a bunch of big suited connected hands, which nails jack 8-6. So for that reason, I think you just want to be checking everything in the small blind because when you lead, your opponents are going to respond decently well. Like right here with 10s, you really think 10s are going to fold? So no, we're not bluffing. But the reason a lot of people bet here is they really don't want to get outdrawn. And you have to realize sometimes you're going to get outdrawn. And when you're in the weakest position at the table, as um, Asham is here, you're not supposed to be winning these pots all that often. So I would have just checked. He bets 20 bucks though, into the $50 pot. Favorito should reluctantly call. I mean, you don't love it, but what are you going to do? Um, you can only really fold here if you just know your opponent's never overvaluing and also rarely bluffing. But a lot of people in this spot will lead a hand like 8-7. So now, after it goes bet and then call, should the A6 call for $20 more into a $90 pot? Look, normally you do need to fold in scenarios like this. If you were facing a bigger bet, I would definitely fold. But you're essentially drawing to five outs, right? If you get an ace, it's probably good. If you get a six, it's definitely good. So that means we're going to get there about 10% of the time. So we have to put in $20 to try to win a pot that's going to go to 110. So we're getting about five to one pot odds, right? Which is not 10 to one. However, sometimes it's going to go check, check, check on the turn. And you're going to get to see the river, in which case then we are getting break-even odds because we're going to win about 20% of the time. And um, whenever you do get there, especially with a six, you're going to get paid off a lot of the time if your opponent is sitting there with a hand like King Jack that's betting. So... If the bet that Asham made was more like $40, I would have folded because that you know cuts your odds in half. But when he bets 20 and gets called, I think we can really start um, discounting sets, especially from Favorito's range, who just like always raises the set, right? And given you have a six, and given the fact that pocket jacks probably three bets pre-flop, Asham really isn't gonna have a whole lot of sets either. So this is a spot where I think if you get a six, you're just really happy. And if you get an ace, you know, I have to think. Ace-Jack may raise the flop if Favorito had it. And, um, you know, for all we know, Ashman threw bets Ace-Jack pre-flop or maybe doesn't lead with it. I don't know. Got to speculate on that. But, yeah, it's rough when he has Ace-Jack, but that's not going to happen all that often either. So I think I would have called this $20 bet. But it is a dicey spot. This is a scenario where I think a lot of people stick around way too often with bottom pairs thinking, oh, I have a five-out draw. But sometimes you actually do, sometimes you don't. When it's very likely... Ooh, there you go. When it's very likely um, your opponents have top pair with the ace kicker, that's when you want to be getting out of the way because then your ace is not live. But here it actually probably is. Um, so the six comes on the turn. <laughs> ace six would have drilled it out of the park. Now, um, Asham definitely needs to check, I think. Uh, to be fair, I'm not well-versed in scenarios where you lead into multiple players with a marginal made hand because you should just never do that. But when you do bet the flop and get called, you have to presume that Favorito has something decent. So I think you probably want to check and then either check call or check fold, depending on what he does. And um, Favorito has a very clear marginal made hand. So far, I think Favorito has played this hand great. I would um, raise preflop. I would call the flop lead. I would definitely check behind because it's pretty easy for Ashram to have a jack. And then just try to get to showdown, right? Marginal made hands want to get to the showdown. Then the river is the nine. Ooh, so jack, eight, six, six, nine. Ashram rivers a full house. It's always nice when you river a full house. Pot's $90. Let's take a second to think about how much you would call in the spot, or how much you should bet in the spot. What are we trying to get called by is always what you want to ask yourself when you're playing against 
um, recreational-ish players. When you're playing against world-class pros, you often want to be asking, what does my range look like and how do I balance my range? But against recreational players, you want to be asking, what am I trying to get called by and how much will those worse hands call? So right here, we're trying to get called by, well, first things first, a lot of people say, oh, I want to get called by pocket aces. But Favorito doesn't have pocket aces. He would have raised the flop or he would have bet the turn. So Favorito does not have aces. Favorito has either a bad jack. Is he really opening bad jacks though? Probably not. Or he has an underpair, probably an eight. So if he has an eight or a hand like pocket tens, how much will he realistically call? So pot was $115. Was 115? I'm sorry. Pot was um, $110, I think. Something like that. In that, um, no, pot was 90. There we go. Finally found it. Pot was $90. I would bet something like $35 here. I think if he does have an eight, he might find a hero call. If he had a nine, like say a nine, seven or 10, nine, he's going to find a hero call. But I would not bet big here. What a lot of people do wrong in this spot is they think, all right, I'm trying to be a GTO robot. And I know when I'm a GTO robot with my best made hands, I want to be betting big which is true. When you have the nuts, you want to be betting big. And uh, when you don't, you want to be betting smaller. But in this scenario, we're trying to get called by a very marginal range. So when you're trying to get called by a very marginal range, you should be very inclined to use small-ish bet sizes, unless you know that your opponent's just an extreme calling station, which I presume these players don't know about each other. So I like a small bet of about 35 bucks. Looks like he does go um, 25. And I think 25 is probably a little bit too small. And it may sound like I'm nitpicking, and uh, every once in a while I'll have a student who's a little bit, uh, I don't know, I don't know if the, I'm trying to come up with the right words, like emotional. They, they, they basically think that anytime you tell them they're doing something slightly wrong, they're just terrible. But look, I'm just trying to give the players the best advice I possibly can. When you bet $10 more here, it may not even seem like a big deal, but that $10 more will result in you winning some amount more long-term. And if you play this scenario over and over and over again over the course of a year, betting $10 more in the spot may account to like an additional $500 in your pocket every year. And there are a lot of little tiny spots like this where if you just bet a little bit more, or a little bit less, it either adds more to your winnings or um, you know detracts from your losses when you do lose. And that kind of thing really does add up in the long term. This is no limit hold'em, right? It's important to realize you get to bet any amount and choosing the right bet size is very, very, very difficult but it is very, very important. So anyway, he bets 25 here. I think if he bets 35, he gets called basically equally as often. So he doesn't like to start making some of those hands fold. And he just would have won 10 more bucks. Think of it like, hey, 10 more dollars, we can go buy a beer. Think about it however you want to think about it. Do you want to give away $10? No. So learn proper bet sizing and use it accordingly. So anyway, um, Pocket 10s now has a pretty rough decision. I realize he basically snap called. But on Jack, eight, six, six, nine, I think it's probably okay to call. Given you don't know anything about your opponent, your opponent could just be like overvaluing an eight or a nine. Yeah, they're gonna have a Jack there a lot of the time, but 25 into a $140 pot, you have to be good like one in five and a half times. You probably are, especially if you don't know how your opponents play. I'm always a little bit call happy early in sessions to try to figure out what they're doing, right? Because when he does show up with nines here, you actually learn a lot. You learn that he just led with nines into two people on jack, eight, six, right? If he shows up with ace, jack, then, well, you learn he leads top pairs. So you learn things about your opponents when you get to see the showdown and you don't when you fold. But also, I do think tens is at least like kind of an acceptable call. It's close. Don't get me wrong. It's a close spot. But I do think tens is probably an okay spot to call, given he bet this 25 bet size. Notice if he did bet something like 
90 though, for almost the size of the pot, then I think the 10 should easily fold, which would have not worked out nearly as well for Asham. So that's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks to the Philadelphia Flyers for having their players come. Thanks to Rivers Casino. And thanks to Poker Night in America for letting me use their content. Check out their YouTube channel. You can search on YouTube, Poker Night in America. It'll come right up. And, um, you know, presumably you're already on my YouTube channel. Click like, click subscribe. That goes a long way to helping me help other people who want to improve their poker skills. So good luck in your games. Have fun. And I'll talk to you next time.